a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Let's lock in. This is Unrivaled. Yes! Yes! The teams you live for, the sports you love. With Scott Mitchell and Alex Keurig, presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 B KSL Sports Zone. Hey, everybody, welcome on in. It is Monday. This is Unrivaled. I'm Scott Mitchell. Sitting next to me today, I am graced by his presence. He has come on uh, down from on high. In the television world to slum with us on the radio. <laughs> Jeremiah Jensen from KSL TV joins I us. I think there was some kind of lottery in the in, <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the building today. Is like, okay, we need somebody to fill in. Is there a warm body in the building somewhere? And they yeah. they uh, they they picked me. Are, are you breathing? Are you moving? Yeah, and I, and I qualified, so it's here like, I am. Heck yeah! Anyways, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, JJ. Yeah, we have got a fun show today. So you're course, putting a lot of pressure on me, Scott, no, no, because no, no. that's going to require you're awesome, a lot right? out of me. No, no, no. You just be you, and we'll be good. Uh, but, of course, Jeremiah is joining us today. We're going to have Ben Anderson, uh, of course, our jazz insider. What the heck's going on with the jazz? We've got uh, Luke Easterling uh, from uh, what draft.com. USA Today. Yeah, he's talking or about draft. the draft.com, either one. But the combine <laughs> starts this week. We're going to talk about all that stuff. Uh, we got our weekend warriors. It's the draft. It's uh, did I what did I say? Draft. Draft.com. Is that such a thing? Uh, let's make. Has it. anyone thought about that website name? <laughs> yeah, the only problem is uh, who would who would want to be? No offense to Mel Kiper, uh, but who would want to be Mel Kiper? Like your whole life, your whole life is about like the NFL draft, and he gets it wrong about eighty percent of the time, and he's supposedly an expert. It's I, like weatherman; you can be wrong all uh, the time and still do great. Uh, guess what else we're going to talk about? You ready for this, JJ? Oh, I can't wait. Maybe, just maybe, we're going to talk a little RSL. Well, they did have a nice opener. They did. Over the weekend. Yes. And maybe not. We may, we may not. We'll see how it works. Anyways. <laughs> so I'm look forward to that, this. RSL fans. Yeah. They're, we don't have RSL fans on our show. Maybe we do. I'm going I'm to get everybody fried listening right that's now. a Real Salt Lake fan. You need to send an email to Scott Mitchell right now. Scott was it Scott Mitchell at KSL.com. It's just S Mitchell at KSL. Send away. There you uh, go. Knock yourselves out. I don't even care. Hit him on Twitter. Whatever you need to. Uh, Let him know that you're here. Yes. We're going to start the show with the Jazz today. You ready for that? Good. All right. Yeah. So uh, a little Utah Jazz. That's the cut at 305. 
The unquestioned, undeniable, unrivaled, top sports story of the hour. Here's what made the cut. Hey, our show is brought to you by G2G Bars with all natural ingredients, no preservatives, and plenty of protein. G2G Bars are perfect for you on the go whenever they're amazing. You can find them in your refrigerated section of all of your Local grocers and a lot of uh, convenience stores, including Maverick, Holiday Oil, and some 7-Elevens. Also, The Cut is brought to you by Trajan Wealth. Uh, Call Trajan Wealth today, your local trusted financial fiduciary, 801-899-7600, or visit their website at trajanwealth.com. Okay, I wanted to talk about this, and it's about the Utah Jazz and, of course, Greg Popovich, the Spurs, played the Jazz the other night. They're going to play again tomorrow night. And and he's like, is he is he the godfather of, of NBA coaching? Feels like it. Well-respected, yeah. you know, still around. Kind of, <laughs> he's kind of got his tank shirt on, right? <laughs> and he feels a little bit like, yeah. you know, cheeseburger in paradise. And he shows up and uh, he, he doesn't care if his team wins or loses. And they've lost 16 in a row. But he, of course, he was the guy that uh, got Will Hardy started, and and he, you know, he talked about Will being this, um, you know, guy that started at the bottom of the barrel, and very quickly earned respect and earned an opportunity to have significant impact and input into what Greg Popovich was doing as a coach, and he called Will Hardy ridiculously intelligent, according according to. Uh, this article that was in the Deseret News. So I'm I I'm I'm curious about your thoughts. We're going to talk a lot about the Jazz here in this segment, but but Will Hardy to me just keeps jumping off the page as just being so impressive. Because uh, Popovich goes, this is a, he's a no brainer guy as a head coach. Like he just said, he's a no brainer guy. What has Will Hardy done that's impressed you this year? His consistency. I think it's very important that a head coach be consistent, whether you're winning, you're losing, whether things are going good or bad. They have to have a consistency about them. And I have not seen him change his demeanor throughout the entire season. Yeah. That doesn't mean he doesn't get excited. It doesn't mean right. he doesn't get angry. But you're, you're watching him, and he just seems to have the same demeanor and control the entire time. And I think when you're looking to a head coach, you need that kind of leadership, that steadiness that you can count on it. You know who he is and you know what he's going to be about. So consistency matters to me. And I'd be curious to get your thoughts, Scott, because you played for a lot of head coaches, <laughs> college and professional. Right. And I would want to hear from the athlete perspective of how that important that is to the players, that they have a leader in that head coach position who is consistent, steady, and someone you can trust. And it's not somebody who's all over the map, volatile, flaky, um, a poor communicator because Will Hardy is none of those things. Right. So Popovich said, he said, that's what I've learned from him already. You know, he talks about his demeanor on the court and how it's, you know, he's so level headed about everything. And he goes, I'm not Popovich goes, I'm not. And he goes, I, <laughs> he goes, it's something I could do a better job of, yeah. which I, you know, here I thought, you know, that the pupil, the pupil, 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 careful. You say pupil, <laughs> the pupil is teaching the teacher. Um, yeah, so you know, because when you were talking about that, I'm thinking I was thinking of coaches I had, and and it's 
what you appreciate when you talk about consistency is you you just want to know where you stand. Yeah. You know, you don't want some coach playing games and, and it's head games. You know, it's like, you know, if if I'm not doing the job, just say you need to do better, you know, or if or if you're doing well, say, you know, that was nice. That was good. That was let's build on that, whatever. And and having someone who to me, consistency is just be consistent about, you know, how you approach approach games. And you know, when you have coaches where a game is big. And they all of a sudden, everybody changes. Everyone, you know, they 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 talk about, uh, you know, uh, a certain part of their anatomy puckers up, kind of thing. Yeah. You know, and and they get all they get all tense and they get all, and and to me, that's one of the things that's been really impressive uh, about Will Hardy is that he's coached well in meaningful games. I mean, you think of how, I mean, just start with almost every game for the Jazz goes down to the wire. So he's coaching a lot of meaningful minutes in pressure situations, in in situations where the game's on the line. Like it's probably easy to coach early on, you know, in the first half, uh, where you know, and and you know, okay, you make adjustments in the game and whatever. But those when when it's it's so split second and the pressure's on, and you have to you have to respond quickly, and you have to you have to know those moments. And so many young coaches. Are, are not that way. And so that, that consistency, I think really helps because that, that to me, you know, I think of all the overtime games, the jazz have been in, I believe they've won them all. I, I what is the jazz's record in overtime games this year, Jeremy? Uh, Jeremy's probably. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Still looking up uh, draft, he's still trying, draft. He's, he's still, draft, he's still he's trying, trying to get that draft.com domain. Trying to, trying to buy it. How much is it? Is it like... Oh, because because you know why not? We'll buy it. It's you know maybe we could sell it for a profit. Yeah, look, do, do what you got to do. But, but so regardless of where the Jazz are, right? I mean they're like eight right now. They've had a lot of meaningful games and mean and he's had a lot of meaningful uh, minutes as a head coach. Yeah, and, and I think you learn from that. And I don't. I, I I'm sure. I'm not. I'm not sitting here pinpointing every mistake he's made but I'm sure he's made mistakes in that process and you learn from those mistakes and the team has made mistakes and learned from those mistakes but all those situations first of all as a head coach of this team the team doesn't always have the most talent in the games they're playing in but still finds a way to be good it doesn't just happen where you get close at the end you have to play hard and, and do the right things quarter one two and three to right. be in position in quarter four so he's done that and then when they got to the fourth quarter there have been some great decisions made to allow this team to be close and in these games. They haven't won them all. Um, you know, and not all these close games have gone to overtime, but they've been in the games almost consistently at the end. Very few blowouts for this team this year. And that goes to show you just how well he's done as a head coach and making the right decisions and learning from the mistakes that he's made. I'm sure he could sit here and tell us all the mistakes he's made. Right. He knows. So he doesn't need us to tell him that. But mistakes have been made. You learn from them. You get better. And I think the benefit to that is all these young players. And, and yet I even consider Larry, even though Larry Markins is an all-star now, I can still consider him a young player. 
He's still learning a lot yeah, of things. 25. He's still got a lot of development to do, which is which is scary. But all these young players on this roster are learning how to do these things as well, and they're learning it all together. Coach, coaching staff, players are all learning how to do this together. So down the road, when you add a little bit more talent to this roster and hopefully add a like a big-time alpha player to go along with Lowry and the others, you're in a position to win, and you've all done it before, and that, that comfort and consistency carries through. This is not all about 2023. Right. We know that. Will Hardy was signed to a five-year contract for a reason. This is a process, and as you're looking at the process that this team has gone through up to this point, they deserve an A because they are doing exactly what they need to do. Now, that doesn't mean that they're you know, top three in the, in, the, in, the, in the Western Conference. It means that they're in the mix, but they're doing all the things they need to do in that process to get better, and it's going to pay off later down the road. You're not going to see the payoff this year, but you are going to see the payoff sometime down the road. You know, yeah, it's a it's a great point you make. Uh, before I before I comment on it though, I just want to give a shout out to Dave, uh, who works for Costco, drives around in his truck every day, okay. listens to our show. Uh, he he saw us last week when we were at the uh, Off Road Expo. Anyways, I thought that was cool. He stopped by. Just wanted to say hello. So thanks for listening. Um, so about this whole like parts. Right. Yeah. First of all, I watched this uh, this little mini like thing on YouTube about the transformation of Laurie Markkinen, and they were showing highlights when he was with uh, the Bulls and with Cleveland, and and I was watching them going, I was like, who who's that? Like it didn't it didn't even look like he looks now, yeah. and there was this aggressiveness that he's just I don't know what's happened. If it was, you know, he kind of maybe, I think he might have gone home and changed his physical, you know, kind of physique and has worked with people uh, playing in, the, you know, with the Finnish national team. And, and he and he just gained, he gained confidence. I think he gained a ton of confidence from the All-Star game. It just felt like when he, you know, as he's come back from the All-Star game, he's just kind of taken his game to a, a higher level. But it's this... um. You know, Will Hardy created a culture, and from day one, and it wasn't because I, I was on, I was on the bandwagon, JJ, to tank from, and I had prepared my brain oh, for absolutely. it. Absolutely, and they go ten and three, and and they've they've held this culture, you know, all the way through the season, and what 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 you've seen happen, which is very impressive, is they don't have the super superstar, right? They don't have the Kevin Durant yet. They don't have the Giannis. They don't have uh, LeBron, but the parts that they're plugging in are those support players. They they could be the Draymond Greens, and they could be maybe the Clay Thompson, and they could be some of these you know other players that are that are so important and and absolutely necessary. But you're seeing the the evolution, and so I just I've been so impressed with with how Will Hardy is like man, I'm, I'm I am coaching to win, like I'm not coaching to just coast along. And I'm taking whatever I have, and and I'm going to squeeze every ounce of whatever it is. I'm going to squeeze it out of it, and I'm I'm going to figure out how we can be competitive, and and turn into a good team. And and I've waffled all year long about what's the best strategy, and I think that is the I think it's the only strategy. I think it's I think he, I think that Danny Ainge, the front office, have all given him the green light to say you go develop into the best possible coach you can be and you coach the heck out of 
all these players and and who they are and what they are. And I think I think Will Hardy has done an unbelievable job doing that. I think you just accept whatever the result is as a fan. If they, if they're lottery bound, that's what they were supposed to be, and that's what they earned. You are what your record says you are. Well, right now the Jazz record says they're a 500 basketball team that's in the eighth spot in the West, and that puts them in the play-in situation. And not only does it put them in the play-in situation, but they get two attempts at playing in at at the eighth spot. So they'd play the seven seed right. at the home of the seven seed, yep. and if they lose that game, they'd still get another shot against the winner of the nine ten game. Yeah, in their arena. Yeah. So it's interesting how that would work. So they're in a position. Wouldn't that be fun to, to make watch the playoffs? Though? Don't you think that'd be fun to watch a play in a series of play in games for the Jazz? Just, just I don't know, just for the experience. I, I, I like you. I have waffled on this all season long because I think for the long term benefit of the franchise, getting a lottery pick and having even just a chance to win this lottery or to get top four in this lottery is massive because there is generational players in this draft. Wembenyama is a generational player, but so is Scoot Henderson. Yeah. And if you're looking at wanting to take the next step as a franchise and you need to get the guy, like you mentioned, like the Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and all those guys, well, you're not getting those guys now, but you're, you're trying to get that guy that's going to be that guy in the future. And Scoot Henderson could be one of those guys. And then you end up pairing Scoot with Lowry and Ochai and Colin Sexton and all these guys, Walker Kessler, it's on this roster already. And then you continue to add and build through the cap space you have, plus all these picks. Like, you're in business. And they could be in business quickly. I would compare it to what Danny Ainge was able to do in his second run with the Celtics. Not second run, meaning the second round. Like, he, he won a championship with Kevin Garnett and those guys, and then he had to rebuild again. But landing Jason Tatum started a new era of Celtics basketball that Danny Ainge built, and that team is now in the finals. Well, they had to go through a similar process that that the Jazz are going through right now with a young and experienced head coach and having to find new players and build something new. And he did it through basically the same way he's doing with the Jazz. And so you're looking at this team go through this process, and I say just let this go and, and, and land how it does. If the Jazz make the playoffs then they're that much farther ahead than we thought they were. They still have all the assets. You worry about, are you missing an opportunity because you're not placed in this lot? Well, you're not guaranteed anything by having a lottery pick in this lottery, in this draft. You're not guaranteed to get top two. You're not guaranteed a generational talent. So you, you can't just like go tank yourself and throw out all these things and, and try to lose on purpose just to get that. You have to let it play out the way that you deserve to be, have it played out. They're 31 and 31. This is what they've earned. This is who they are. So, so Jay-Z um, mentioned the flexibility, and they mentioned the trade um, market kind of when the, when the, all of the trades went down and they were able to get another draft pick, you know, with, with the, the assets they moved at the deadline. And he talked about what happened in this um, this cycle of the trade where – you had two big profile names. You had Kevin Durant, and then you had uh, Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. And he says that's the type of thing that we can do multiple times. And so I'm, I, I ask you this question. Is this the worst version of the Will Hardy era that we see of this jazz team? Because they're trying to put p- pieces in place. So they're taking what they have right now, and they're kind of 
they're developing and they go, okay, this piece, this is going to fit here. This, is gonna, But we got to have that superstar. So where do we get him? Do we draft him? Do we tank to draft him? Or do we trade to, to get him? Or, or is there a possibility in free agency or whatever? And and so I, I wonder, you know, I, I look at this Jazz team and they go, maybe they're going to be somewhere around 500. I looked at the remaining schedule. I do it all the time. It's fun to do. And, and I just – and I get fairly close, you know, about – and I have anywhere a range between eight to ten games. I think the Jazz will win in their last. What do they have? Twenty games. Twenty. They have twenty. Games. Exactly twenty left. Yeah. So so about half, somewhere close to half of their games, and reasonably, you know, you just go, yep, that's definitely, and this could go either way, and and so I try to look at kind of possibly how the, you know the team, you know, like Denver is the second to last game of the season. Are they going to rest their guys? Yeah. You know, where is L.A. Are they out of it at that point, and are they just trying to get the best draft pick, or, or is that going to be a competitive game? You know, just kind of going through it. So is this the worst version of the Jazz this year? Meaning, so like, so like, let's just say they end up at 500 on the season, but next year they make a leap because they make some moves and they have, they, they have more assets. Or, or could next year be the year to tank? You know, could next year be, you know, and, 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 uh, and so I'm, and I'm curious of you know what do you think about that? Is that is that the version? And is the strategy going forward? Then it's it, it maybe it's in the draft, and you're going to have like maybe this year they have one draft pick and they trade the other picks for something else, or um, you know possibly in a trade. And so maybe it's a draft pick plus a really good player. Maybe that's the next play. What do you think the strategy is, and where where do you think the Jazz? Moving forward, is this the worst version that you're going to see of the Jazz in the near future with Will Hardy? Yes, that's your short answer. Let me give you a long answer. All right, would they tank next year or would they want to be in the lottery next year? The answer is no. Next year's draft doesn't have anyone near as good as the top two picks in this draft. The The benefit and the prize at the end next year is nowhere near the same as it would be in this draft. Even though the, Even if the Jazz don't get top two and get those generational guys, this draft is 10, 15 players deep. And they will have three picks in this draft in the first round. So there are so many opportunities for them to hit in this draft. Look, it's like darts. Sometimes you're going to hit bullseye, sometimes you're not. Yeah. But the more tosses you have, the right. better chance you have of hitting bullseye. Yeah. So they got three picks in this draft. Two of those could be lottery. We're looking at the Minnesota Timberwolves right now. They have the Minnesota Timberwolves pick. The Timberwolves are ninth. If they lose in the play-in in a one-and-done here, they're a lottery pick, and the Jazz get it. The Jazz, if they don't get that that playoff spot, they're in the lottery. So you could possibly have two, but you could probably even have one and make the playoffs. They could still be in the lottery and make the playoffs now. So wouldn't it be nice if Mike Conley could, <laughs> could kind of help the Jazz? And Mike and Rudy. I don't think I don't think Mike and Rudy have any interest in helping the Jazz moving forward. But it'd be yeah, nice. Throw them a bone, you know. Give them something for for whatever. Um, I just yeah. I it's. I think the best word is flexibility. You know, you have they you have a ton have, of it. You just have you know, and that that just gets exciting. If you're a jazz fan, you have to get excited about Will Hardy. I'm just I the the more I listen, you know, the more I listen to him speak and speak about situations and how he talks about things, and just with a very clear and complete understanding of situations and players, and he he really. Uh, you know who knows where the end of the road is for Will Hardy, but man, it, it sure looks looks really, really good right now. Well, I've been able to talk to Danny Ainge and Ryan Smith about Will Hardy, and they feel like they've already won the lottery. 
Yeah. In a sense <laughs> that they've got a, a coach that's 34, 35 years old that they believe is just going to get better and better and better. And he's and we're already seeing in year one how good he is. Yeah. So you have him in a five-year contract, and he is the head coach for years to come. And that's where it starts. And if you have that guy in that place, a head coach that can lead and guide you in the way you want, then everything else can fall into place. And I think that they feel like they have that guy. To kind of bring this whole conversation full circle, Will Hardy is their – that's their first lottery hit in their mind is they got the right head coach and they see the potential there. They're already pleased with the present, but they also see what's possible in the future with Will Hardy. And so that has them excited about what this franchise can do. They have to be just giddy with all, oh, the, yeah. all the things. They Trust have to, me. I mean, they have to just go, man, these people are so stupid. So we just this, we just robbed the bank and we just <laughs> nailed it here. All the stuff that's happened from the offseason trades, getting all the lottery picks, the moves made at the deadline, and then the all-star game. I mean, Ryan and Danny are just sitting there together down in the office in Provo, and they're just cackling about how remember, great this has gone. You remember when uh, – I know we're going to take a break, I promise – uh, you know, you know when uh, um, when uh, Gordon Hayward left, and it was just it was just like gloom and doom. It just felt just like yeah. he betrayed us, you know. Yeah. And on the Fourth of July, even, oh, how could he? And then he ruined my barbecue. And then along comes Donovan Mitchell, and almost yeah. immediately you forget about it. And the same Overnight. thing, the same thing happened. You know, Rudy Donovan, the whole team gets dismantled, and everyone's like, "Oh my goodness!" And then all of a sudden, here we're sitting here going. This this as a situation might be ten times more exciting than Donovan Mitchell trading, you know, uh, kind of taking over for Gordon Hayward, and uh, this this is this is a massive move, a massive shift for the Jazz that we're all excited about. It is ninety seven five DKSL Sports Zone. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.